Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of What's Your Jersey? Steven's looking at me like I'm a weirdo because I just danced in front of him. I'm your host, Jacqueline Marfuji. Thanks for listening, guys. I just want to say grazie for giving me five stars and reviewing and reading and sharing with your friends. I love all your comments on Facebook and iTunes and all the things. You rock meatballs. I love you. I brought Steven meatballs. <laughs> Did you just say you rock me balls? <laughs> is, is that a, is that like a real thing, or did, is that just something you say? I think that I should mean, be like a new hashtag. I think you we rock me balls. <laughs> you rock me balls. I don't know. It just doesn't quite swing off the tongue exactly it's like I I'd like it to. Hey, you rock me balls. <laughs> Maybe it's just weird when I say it because I have a weird voice or something. I don't know. You kind of sound like a little leprechaun trying to be Italian. Yeah, rock me balls. <laughs> With me lucky charms. <laughs> Guys, um, this guest that I have on this week, we have so much to talk about and catch up with. Because we've known each other for a long time. We've known each other for 10 years. That's a long time. I was like 14 back then. Uh-huh. I Oh my God. It was before I even turned like 12. Yeah. I wasn't even in my teens. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> um, don't, don't Google that. <laughs> uh, we're not going to lie at all during this entire podcast. We're I'm not all gonna about the truth. Because, I mean, like, look at our president. I mean, he's, you know, a truthful person. I want to be just like him. Right. Just, like, real yeah. honest. And I'm, in, I'm in the process of grabbing her in the, you know what. <laughs> I, guys, right now, I just want to set the scene for you. I walked through an amazing office with all these really cool people that were very nice when I walked in. There's what all office these... was this? I know. <laughs> oh, you're, talk- you're talking about my office. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Slate Studios, actually. Was that, is that the name of your office? It's called the the Slate Company's office, I guess. The Slate there, there is office. a Slate Studio in the Slate Company's office. I'm though. sitting in the Slate Studio. Is this the main studio right now? This is. I feel like I'm in um, a spaceship, actually. Like, you walk in, everything's white and crisp. Is this a white velvet wall? What's it, happening? It is suede? Uh, suede. Oh. It is a suede wall, and then there, <laughs> there's all kinds of cool-looking acoustical traps and stuff. Guys, this is insane. I wish you could and be here. if you here. hit that button there, there's a dungeon that comes out. <laughs> is that your sex dungeon? That's my Christian Grey kind of thing. I like it, but yeah. like all white, so very clean because you're oh, kind I'm of OCD. I'm very clean. I'm very clean when, <laughs> I, when I do my dungeon stuff. My favorite part about um, the studio we're sitting in is that Stephen was so kind to bring in like the biggest, I, I want to call it a Lumi light, but it's not. A diva ring light, guys. You're damn right. You know, like... You're you're like husband goals at this point. If you I mean, could just you whip think? out I'm a let you light. into my offices and not light you up like a Christmas tree. Come on, <laughs> guys. We're gonna share the pics. Um, I'm so excited. I've been trying to get you on this podcast for a while to the point where I feel like I I just turned into like an annoying friend that you're like, can you just ask me to hang out and like be my friend? Well, I'm glad we finally got to do it. I know. I'm happy that you're you're here. Thank you. That makes me feel so special. You're very high in demand. You think so? Yeah. You're about that. like, no, I, I have to tell you meatballs. Actually, I'm going to introduce you first and then I'm going to talk stories. Okay, great. Uh, guys, I am sitting here next to one of, I, I love calling you a best friend, even though we like don't talk all the time because I feel like we check in. We have BFF mentality. That's exactly. all that counts. It's a good energy. Yes. Um, he's the founder and CEO of Slate Digital, also Yellow Matter Entertainment and Slate media technology so basically i'm saying he's really lazy um <laughs> he's not 
happy right now. Um, He's just a god, I want to say, in the audio digital technology industry. I mean, I don't know if uh, divinity is necessary, but, you know, I've worked hard and I've had some success in audio tech. Yes. Yes, you have. Everyone, welcome to the podcast, Stephen Slate. Hi. Hello, people. Hello, meatballs. We call them meatballs, actually. Meatballs. Meatballs. Yes. Hello, meatballs. I knew you were a big deal, so I was bartending at a steakhouse in Beverly Hills called Wolfgang Steakhouse, Mm -hmm. and this kid who was, like, barbacking had just moved to L.A., and you had liked a picture of mine, and he lost his mind. Really? And was like, you know Stephen Slate? And I was like, yeah. Like, I've been drunk at his house many many times he's the shit he's awesome and he literally has begged me to invite you to the restaurant he he just wants to shake your hand buddy okay i'm not coming <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't want to meet him that's i'm just kidding i would love to meet him that's, that was really nice <laughs> i don't work there anymore but yeah okay good then back to plan a <laughs> then it's fine yeah. he's obsessed with your drum kits that was the thing that's my first product my the, the, the drum stuff i made drum samples and drum software for people who wanted to make badass sounding Beats. Beats. Yeah. And then we got we got that going. That was the first big product in the audio industry. Was it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it was a weird story because I never, I never wanted to be a guy who makes audio tech products. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't the, the initial plan. Your plan was to be a rock star. My plan was to be a rock star. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was like 13 years old and I saw a VHS tape. A VHS tape. That's the thing that you put in a VCR. That's a machine that... Uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. But uh, of the, It was the Beatles. It was a documentary about the Beatles. And uh, there's this one scene where they are running and being chased by this big horde of girls. And I remember looking at that and I go, now that, now that looks like a good job. You know, that looks like what I want to do. So I started playing music. Uh, I went to college in Boston. And started playing music, started playing in bands. You Wait, know. you're not from Boston, though. Where? No, I'm what's from, your I'm from, jersey? You, come on. Yeah, my, my jersey is jersey. You know that. I'm, a, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm from the dirty jersey. That's why you're meant to be on this podcast. Yeah. You're one of the only people I've had on who's actually from Jersey. I actually grew up in Jersey, and, and, I, and I survived. It's pretty good. I survived without being too tan and... And, and, you Your know. tan has calmed down since I've met you. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've both de-jerseyfied ourselves. Yeah, it, it took me about you know twenty years, but it's finally happened. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was playing music and and then did the whole thing in college, and then started started a band, and and it was like, all right, here we go. And then I did a tour, and the tour, you know, at some point ended in somewhere in Wisconsin with a broken down van and three very very smelly dudes. Mm, and yes. I was like, you know what? The rock star thing isn't as glamorous as I thought. <laughs> so then I started uh, producing records and getting in, into the whole recording thing and recording music. And How a lot did of people, you even do that, though? Like, you were well, in I Wisconsin, mean, then what happened? Well, no, I mean, during, during that whole time, I, you know, I, I'd gotten really into recording. In fact, I, I've been working at recording studios since I was 14 or 15. I think the first recording studio I worked at, I, was, I, I must have been somewhere around 15 because my mom had to drive me to because I didn't have a driver's license. And so I was always fascinated by music, but in both sides, performing it and also the, the the creative side or the technical side, rather, yeah. of of recording it. I mean, a lot of people don't understand that there's such a big creative aspect to just the art of recording and producing music, and and I got pretty obsessed with it. Wait, did your mom buy you a Yamaha? 
at one point to that's, play music on. That's fascinating research you've done. <laughs> unbelievable. Incredible. Incredible. I want to know. Is that what you... Research. That was she the first bought, yeah, thing so, you recorded So the first with? thing I bought was a Yamaha four-track. She got that formula. I must have been 14 or 15. It's a Yamaha four-track and recorded onto cassette tapes. Now, a lot of you out there might need to Google what a cassette tape is. <laughs> Please do that after the podcast. Um, so yeah, so she bought me one of those, and that was the first thing I started recording my little crappy songs on, and that got me obsessed into the whole world of recording. What kind of music? Were you doing like rock and roll? I was or doing were rock. You yeah. were doing rock. I was doing rock. The band that I remember you were a part of, and I still have a song from Blackline Black on Line, my... Baby. yeah. <laughs> was that the one band you you were with? No, I was in probably 10 so bands. Many. I was just the, That was the the finale band that was the last <laughs> one where i you know I, I i hung up my hat after black line oh man you know, it's like picture picture nickelback if you if you have to and then take, take, take it a few notches down from there okay need i say more and and anyway so here i am you know trying to start producing records in the recording business and and then when i made the switch from boston to los angeles after college. After college. Stay in school, and I, kids. I stayed in college. I stayed in Boston for a few years after college. And I opened up a little underground recording studio, which actually did fairly well. I but, made, like, how I made, does one do that? Like, a lot of you people. You want to hear out the there, true story? Yeah. So, I've always had a little bit of a business savvy thing because I realized that sometimes you need money to make stuff happen. And uh, Boston has, I think, I think it's 300 colleges or educational institutions in a 30 mile radius okay you got a lot of kids and what do kids need in college alcohol money nope. how do they get alcohol <laughs> oh um ids ids yes they need fake ids <laughs> they need that i started a fake id operation that I, if you lived in the new england area from 1998 to 2002 and you got a, a fake new jersey id Chances are it came from my little operation. No joke. <laughs> that's amazing. H- hundred bucks a pop. I was selling fake IDs, and that's actually how I funded my entire first recording studio. I did fairly well. Because you were so business savvy. This is something I've always respected about you and always wondered about, but never really talked to you about. Like how you you produce so much money and so much good content and so many amazing technologies that I love that you're talking about this right now. You like that I'm talking about how I started off with an illegal operation? Yeah, I really respect that, actually. I don't exactly <laughs> recommend starting off with an illegal operation, but having said that, it does make a lot of money fast. Well, I was watching the Jim Jeffrey show last night, and they were talking about how there's been all these deaths in fraternities from kids like over-drinking, and they're saying that they should make our drinking age 18 in this country. So that would have put you out of business. That would have sucked. Um, that would have sucked so for you. Tell, tell, tell Jim not to go back in time and <laughs> open his big Australian yapper. <laughs> you like Jim? Shout uh, out to Jim. You're the best. Jim's actually my favorite comedian. He is? Yeah. I saw him at uh, the improv not too long ago. And Jim's amazing. I, I, he. I was like a, a nervous schoolgirl around him. And I'm not, I'm not usually like that. I'm just, I think he's that good. He is that good. Yeah. He's great. He, Um. I want to say thank you to him. He came, my... My main squeeze is a producer on his show. Awesome. And he, he showed up to the surprise birthday party I threw this weekend. I'm still exhausted from wow. it. Wow. Yeah. And then the, ugh, I'm so jealous. Uh, they went to the Dodgers game last night. Wow. I'm, now I'm jealous right? too. Right? Yeah. Thanks for rubbing it in over here. I know. my day a little 
not to ruin your day, buddy. Uh, yeah. But we're not as cool as them right now. We're That's okay. Not. We'll go to the final game. How about yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I made fake IDs and started a recording studio in Boston. Did, did fairly well. Um, you know, I recorded some of the bigger Boston bands at the time. I like stole who? some from some of the bigger studios. There's a band called Blind by Noon. There's a band called September Twilight. These are bands that were kind of like well-known and would play some big shows in Boston. And I somehow convinced them to come to my little shithole studio rather than like a really nice studio. But it got me a lot of great experience. And then I decided, okay, new, new, a, a little pl- change of plans here. Change mm-hmm. of plans. Uh, I'm going to hang up the rock star hat. <laughs> and I'm going to be just a famous utterly famous, just ridiculously famous producer and recording engineer. And here was my plan to do that. I was going to fly to Los Angeles, move to Los Angeles. Yeah. And I noticed that a lot of the big producers at the time, the big producers, had started as protégés of other big producers. Mm-hmm. You know? Which makes sense. So I was going to have to become a protégé to a big producer and then climb the ranks and then become a big famous producer myself. <laughs> And the method to doing that was I needed to impress them somehow. So I made this little CD of, called dr- that, of drum samples. Now, most of you out there don't know what the hell a drum sample is or does. Uh, it's just a little recording, a little snippet of, of a drum sound that you actually use in music in a mix. And you mix it in with your actual drum sounds. It just makes stuff, the mix your drum sounds bigger and better and, and, and more awesomer. Okay? So it's like a filter for drums almost. It's not a filter. Like it's, a, it's an, it's, it's an add-on. Filter. It's an accessory. It's like a makeup. It's like, it's like it's okay, like that, that's the best actually like facetune for drums yes it's a face it makes for it drums. better <laughs> yes that is that is the perfect metaphor it's a it's a facetune <laughs> for drums it's like if you you know your 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 actual drum sound You're is good. your actual face and then my stuff added in facetunes you up and makes you look way better sound like, way better sound <laughs> way better yes yes sound way better you know what actually is going to make me look way better this weekend tell me um, I just have to say, guys, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but you reminded me that I'm going to be in Jersey for a wedding. We're talking East Coast and how you came out here. Um, and I actually ordered bobble bar earrings to wear with my dress that I just got from Reformation. Thank you, Reformation. Um, and these earrings are dangly rose gold. They're called pinata tassels. I feel like that is like a face tune for my ear, Steven. Did you have, uh, do you have extras for me? <laughs> I do, and Perfect. guess what? what? I have a promo code for you. What's the promo code? I can get you 20% off. I can get personalized earrings, personalized jewelry, anything. All you have to do is go to bubblebar.com and type in Jersey, capital letters, J-E-R-S-E-Y, and you get 20% off because their shit is so fun. It's made in New York City, and I'm excited. I think we're going to have to get you a Slate Studio necklace. How about that? Can it be big and blingy, please? Big and bl- uh, guys, bubblebar.com. It's the it's your oyster. Bubblebar.com. <laughs> bubblebar.com. And What's that promo code Jersey? Jersey. I'm so there. This is so perfect. Can we just for end you? the podcast so I can just please go on there right now and get some, <laughs> some bling, some bubble bar um, yeah. bling. It's really cool. I mean, they have lo- the latest trends, which yeah. I love. Tassels, anything, a good tassel, it grazes your shoulders, and dudes love them. I think you'll love them. Not to wear, you can gift someone with some tassels. Okay, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll put that in my uh, gifting tassel list. I know. Anyway, so face tuning. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so I made uh, this. Sorry, that was a great plug, by the way. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I made uh, d- uh, drum samples and face tuning drum samples, and I I put them on a bunch of CDRs. Uh, once again, 
Google what a CDR is. Yeah, what's a CDR? I'm very confused. Yeah. Times are changing. I know. So I went to Los Angeles and I literally, this was my plan. I would sneak into music industry parties. And I would do that by doing the classic read the list upside down. So there was a Grammy, par- a Grammy party where I knew a bunch of big producers were going to be hanging at this recording studio. I heard about it through a friend. And I went there and I looked at a list and I saw a name that like didn't seem like someone of you know of, of you know big big producer name so like the people wouldn't exactly know who they are. I just said, hey, I'm I'm this person. And they go, come on in. And I had a little satchel of these drum sample discs. Are you serious? Yeah, that's 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 how I did it. And I snuck into these parties, and I would like identify all these big producers who were like my idols, which was by the way a, a weird experience because like the first time I'm seeing these like people who I idolized. You know, mm-hmm. and then they were, and I and I went up like to who, them. like who were some of the producers that you one were of the big, the, one of the first big guys was a guy named Mike Shipley. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, mm-hmm. but he was a legendary mixer who did stuff for Shania Twain, Def Leppard, ACDC. I mean, this guy uh, Maroon Five. I mean, this guy just had every genre. Santana. I mean, all these big big bands. He I was love just, his work. Yeah, he, the guy's done done everything. Uh, may he rest in peace. And I saw him there. He's this tall Australian guy. And I was waiting for him to be done with the conversation. I went up to him and I and I handed him uh, a CD of, of drum samples and. And there was a few other guys there. And I just hand them all these drum sample CDs, and they go, oh, okay, thanks. And I, I, I see them put it, put it away somewhere. I mean, these were valuable things. Like any time you give a, a producer like something that will help him, him enhance his, his music and mixing, that's that's a nice gift, right? These guys like those kind of things. Because I'm confused. Were other people doing drum samples, or was this your Not, own thing? There was some people, but it wasn't that done well, and it wasn't very popular. It's like a lot of guys would do their own drum samples, and it wasn't like there was no mainstream drum sample. You know, product network like like at, at the time. Okay. I mean, there is now, but at the time, there there really just wasn't much out there for that. It was very little out there. So your timing was kind of impeccable. My timing was great. My you were onto really something good. before you knew you were onto something. Yeah, but again, once again, like much much stuff in my life, the plan backfired. <laughs> the plan totally backfired. Oh no! <laughs> it did because I mean, you know, uh, weeks later, I get a call, and it's that guy Mike Shipley. And I'm like, here we go. He's going to tell me, now, listen, you're a very motivated young chap. I'm not going to even try to do an Australian accent. Either. You were so good at Irish. Yeah. Try it. First of all, I was Scottish. Okay. <laughs> you know, Braveheart. We're not then the you athlete. sucked at Irish. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, and he, you know, I'm thinking this is my big break. He's going to tell me he wants me to come in and, and assist him and, and, help, and help him do some stuff. And that he was going to be super impressed with me. But all he says is he goes, hey, I really like those drum samples. Can you make me more? And I was like, uh, sure. Sure, I'll make you more. He said, cool, I'm doing this Santana record. I need you to make a kick drum that sounds like this, and I need a snare that, that will blend in like this and this, and I'm writing down these notes. And sure enough, I deliver it to him. And then I get another call from another producer. Hey, I heard that you're making drum samples for people. Can I have this, this, and this? And next thing you know, I'm making drum samples for every major mixer and producer in greater Los Angeles. That's so crazy. And they're ended on all these drums are ended up on big records, like lots of big records. And and and, and again, my my plan backfired because I was not. No one wanted me to assist them. I don't know. I thought, I thought I'm a nice you guy. You were like, I'm a protege. Yeah, I'm like, stop I'm a protege. Stop asking for these samples. Yeah, stop stop making me do all this other crap that I want to do. But at the same time, I was like, just kind of cool to be being called by all these big people who I idolized, you know. And that was that was pretty fun. 
That gives me the chills. You guys, we've been friends for 10 years, and I'm an asshole for not ever asking how you actually got started. Well, I mean, it's not exactly the, 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 the most fascinating story. It's just, you know, <laughs> I think stuff, stuff, stuff like this happens quite a bit. You you aim to do one thing, and some kind of curveball happens, and you're doing another thing. So anyway, that got me started making products for the music industry. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that, okay, you know, about a year after that, now we're talking like, again, 2006, seven, or I don't know, uh, I realized that, okay, I just made, you know, drum sounds that are appearing on all these big platinum selling records. But like, no one knows who you are. Not only that, but I was broke. Really? Yeah. So these people weren't paying you? Oh, very little. Not I mean, a keep, lot. Keep in mind, it's like 10 or 12 of dudes give me a few hundred bucks here and there. Yeah. Doesn't exactly pay the rent. No. You know, and, or your and, lifestyle yeah, at and, that and time. A, and no one needed fake IDs in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, but what I realized, I mean, there was a big market of people doing home recording, which was really starting to boom at that time. Yeah. Really starting to boom. And I said, what an interesting marketing campaign. If I went on the internet, started a website, said, hey, I'm the dude making all the big drum sounds for all the big records you're hearing that you're trying to figure out how to sound like, mm-hmm. buy it right from the source. And now instead of a market of 10 or 12 guys, I'd have, you know, you know, Tens of thousands of people, and that started the drum product that your your associate at the bar, in Beverly <laughs> Hills, was so interested in. And what's the name of that website? That one is Stephen Slate Drums. I got really clever with the name. I just God. had my name and added the word drums to it because I'm a marketing genius. You really are. <laughs> yeah. So that you that have was other the first websites product. though. I did. So anyway, so that started the whole drum software thing, and that's evolved into this big, very sophisticated drum software and virtual drum software, and you know, and then we we just t- I teamed up with Pearl last year. Now we make a, a touchscreen uh, drum module that's com- going to be it's being used by all pros everywhere. Okay, wait. I there there's a raven sitting behind you. We'll get to, so I'll tell you about how the raven came in a second. But it's that, not that's, a bird, that, that's, guys. That's a, that's a diff- yeah, that's, that's a different thing. That, okay, that we'll get to that. So anyway, so I, I started making these these drum software products, and I was like, okay, you know what? Making products is kind of fun too, and it's interesting that making products is very similar to making songs, because you sit there, you collaborate with people, you create something, you have an idea, just like you you create a song, you have this song idea, and you develop it. You start to develop the song, you're developing the product. You see these parallels here, mm-hmm. and you're developing these things, and then you finally end up with an end product. Mm-hmm. So you you know when you're songwriting, the end product is a song. And when you're developing a product, the end product is the product. And it, just, and, I, and it gave me a similar type of, of, of satisfaction when I was making products. So I liked it and I, and I, and I stuck with it. And uh, I started then you know, developing more companies. So I teamed up with a guy named Fabrice Gabriel and we started making uh, audio software, digital audio software. And that started this like digital line, and now we make a lot of big software that's used to, by by recording studios all over the world. Can you pimp yourself out a little bit and talk about some of the amazing people you've been able to work with? Because, uh, or actually, the people that have been able to work with you. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll I'll do that. We have had some some cool clients. Uh, Carrot Top. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, man, we've we've been fortunate to work with really great artists. Snoop Dogg, The Game, Will oh. I Am. Uh, Sting, um, Demi Lovato uses our stuff. Uh, she's just, just we, on her new documentary. She's using our microphone. Uh, I mean, Steve Aoki. I mean, we we get to work with a lot of great, cool people. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm probably forgetting a million. T Pain was just here in this room a little bit ago. What? He, he's he's actually did so he buy talented. you a drink? He he. <laughs> no joke. This is not me just trying to embellish a story. He brought Hennessy with him, and it was 10 a.m. <laughs> That's that's a true story. And by the way, T Pain uh, came into this office, greeted almost everyone here, here, and as he was leaving, literally said goodbye to almost the entire 
employees staff here it's late the guy right. could not have been sweeter note to self say goodbye to everyone <laughs> i brought gray goose at noon you so. did and you brought bacon too <laughs> so that was really nice uh i mean who else uh, p diddy uses our microphone God. seal uh i have to look on my instagram my marketing guys will probably be super upset if i don't try to remember a few other people <laughs> i don't i don't know have Think you if, ever worked with lady gaga or britney spears we talk about them a lot on this podcast uh have we you know i'm sure we have actually did, did red one use some of our stuff as her producer you, you know chances are if she's been into a recording studio in the last few years she has worked with our software or and or hardware god so you're britney and lady gaga adjacent it's a great picture of uh will i am and britney spears in front of our original raven that I built Will uh, from a few years back. If you look on the Slate Digital Instagram, I believe it's up there. Stop it. Uh, I've probably seen it. Stop the podcast? Oh, yeah. You you meant that figuratively. Got it. Yeah. I I think I'm going to have to print that out and frame it and then just like ask you to hang out a lot more uh, because you're awesome, not because of that at all. No. (laughs) made me feel great. (laughs) That's cool. I'm sorry. I interrupted your stories, I feel like, about... Actually, I want to talk about the first time I met you. Tell me. Because our Jersey is both New Jersey. Right. And we had a mutual friend, yes. Haley Hansen, yes. who I moved out to California with. Yep. And she was um, managing a band, Radio Parade. Radio Parade. Yes. Great. They were a great band. They were great. And at the time, I was still kind of producing a little bit, so I was uh, I was producing the record. Was it not? I think so. it wasn't out yet. You guys were working on yeah, it. Yeah, I was working on their record, and she was kind of working with them. And I think she went on MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> Because we were 11 and 12. Yeah. <laughs> and she showed you me and you were like, I'm from Jersey. Yeah. And I somehow made my way. I think it was the first time I had ever been in Laurel Canyon. Yeah. And I like drove up to your little tiny. My, my little studio. Your little studio. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, he's like one of us, like a Jersey person. I was, yeah. Yeah. And then I just came to all of, every time Stephen would invite me to something, even though I was living in Manhattan Beach and like not Hollywood ready whatsoever. I would show up like I would go to your house and your dream did come true. There would be a gaggle of gorgeous, just kind of Paris Hilton looking girls. Oh, come on. <laughs> just lined up. Do we, do, we need to, do we need to add all the facts here? I mean, all and the there, details? I remember the first time I showed up, there was like a stretch limo. It took us to opera. Oh, I felt like go. I was in the hills. I do remember that night. <laughs> At first, I thought you were just embellishing the story. I'm like, wait a minute. That actually happened. No, I'm going think, to post pictures. I, I think that was from a product release. God, that was so long ago. Yeah. It's so weird. You, you, was it a magazine cover? What are you talking about? What's like that? The, you had what, what, something were we you were celebrating? celebrating. I think we were celebrating the very first software product from Slate Digital, which is called the FGX, which is, wow, that's that's a long time ago. Right. Getting, you mm-hmm. know, memory lane over here. I yeah, know. so that was our first software product. Isn't that crazy? So that must have been, what, 2010? I think maybe even earlier. 2009, yeah, maybe you're right, 2008 or nine. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was that was a lot. I, I would... But I was never like intimidated by you or like. Even when I brought up the axe? <laughs> Even when you did that. That was a joke, by the way. <laughs> I didn't bring out an axe. You always seemed down to earth. Knife. There was something about you, even though you were living in this like. So like 2008, like Hills, like you could have been so Hollywood douchebaggy, but for some reason, like I. Just, I didn't try hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> not towards I'll try me. harder next life you were trying you were probably trying harder with the playboy models oh, I'm that sure were I, was. In the house. <laughs> I felt like i was just like your wingman <laughs> like 
<laughs> we had some fun times, though. Yeah, we really did. From what I recall. I always loved, uh, you had a birthday party that was um, catered. You love brisket. You love barbecue. I love barbecue. You love, love barbecue. You love bacon. And I always respected your strong, like, barbecue game. Yes. It was on 100%. point. No. I think that's a way to a man's heart is actually cooking good barbecue. I'd say so. It's definitely to mine. Isn't it? Yeah. That I had barbecue for breakfast today. <laughs> what did you God. have? I had some brisket that I made over the last few days. I'm really mad I haven't been invited over for brisket. I smoked it for, for about brisket. 12 hours. You're welcome anytime to eat my brisket. Well, now I'm going to Everybody loves my meat. They love your meat? Yep. They put the my meat right the in their mouth. <laughs> Oh, no. Did I just do that? <laughs> you just did the thing. Did I just do the meat in their mouth? No. Okay. I've been girlfriend of the year because I've actually started getting Hello Fresh delivery. Oh, nice. And I made a barbecue chicken with mac and cheese that they delivered last night. That sounds amazing. It was insane. Like, it's literally turning into- But was it easy to do? <laughs> uh, Steven? Yes. I kid you not. I got home from work at 10 p.m. at night, and I still managed to get to his place by 10.35 p.m. with a full-cooked meal. It was insane. It was so easy, too. Like, this is the best thing about HelloFresh, is that, yeah, it might be easy to go to the supermarket and, like, pick out all the ingredients. Actually, it's not easy to do that. It's really annoying and hard. Like, you literally have this earth-friendly box that's insulated and iced out delivered to your doorstep and you have all the ingredients these easy like pretty directions everything has a cute quote on it it's so like instagram ready like it's the perfect thing to do with your girlfriends with your boyfriend with anyone and it takes less than 30 minutes i'm obsessed i think it's amazing not, not to mention back to what you said about the grocery store who likes going to the grocery store no one likes going the grocery store is a, the weirdest scariest place for me i can't stand it maybe it's, it's just los angeles especially rock and roll ralph oh dude I, don't There's get me security started. guards at the front of it you did you know have to have this is a fact if you go to store. rock and roll ralph's which is a, a ralph's on sunset boulevard it's a grocery store from what I hear, you have a 62% chance of catching hepatitis. <laughs> and I know what you're wondering. Is it A, B, or C? It's all of the above. Oh, God. See, that's why you need yeah. to order HelloFresh. That, um, that's what I'm going to do from now on. I, I can't stand going to the grocery store. I mean, it's right now, especially, they have like really light, just autumn, fall-friendly like meals. Oh, it's my God, great. I love fall-friendly. I know. And they have two registered dietitians on call that you can like call up at any time wow. and ask, right? Wow. If you happen to have like too much bacon that week, you could be like, hey. Nah, let's go. Let's go easy there, <laughs> let's, sister. Let's you not get have too much bacon. crazy. But seriously, it's literally right now, if you use my promo code, it's less than $10 a meal, which is amazing. What's that promo code? Though? That promo code, guys, is WYJ30 because you get $30 off for your first week of HelloFresh. And all you have to do is visit HelloFresh.com dot com and enter the promo code WYJ30. Do it, do it, do it, and you'll become the best girlfriend ever. Anyway, now I want barbecue. <laughs> now I want to go home and eat my leftovers. <laughs> Barbecue's great. It's really I mean, do you do you realize that at least with bacon, I read an article and I, I don't know, it could be freaking fake news, but I'm just gonna fake pretend. Fake news. I'm That's gonna pretend not like, well, a I'm, thing. Yeah, I'm, but it said something about how uh, when you eat bacon, it it, it um, enacts the same type of parts of your brain that crack co cocaine does. Yes, and cheese. And cheese. Cheese does that too. No, ta like black tar heroin was Bla cheese. Is it black black tar heroin? Yeah, it's like <laughs> so. It's like basically bacon is like crack. So I mean, and, and I'm not 
kidding. I mean, I'm pretty well known, in, at least in my part of the woods, in this audio business, for being kind of obsessed with bacon. I, I post, I make my own bacon. I smoke my own bacon. He I, really I, does, guys. And and tell and, them and your I, Instagram ham- handle so they can see all it's your. It's at Slate Digital. S L A T E Digital. It's gonna and make you, you hungry. And you see two things at that. You see uh, a lot of tech products that we make, and you see a lot of meat products that I make. <laughs> And uh, that's how I keep it. I keep it like that. Meat and tech. You keep it real. Do you have any good advice because you throw so many epic parties and I feel like the meatballs would like to know because the holiday yes. season's coming up. Yes, have a good cleaning service. Is that what you meant? <laughs> I think that's the most important thing. It is. No. My mom told my dad, she was like, you're going to go before the cleaning ladies go. Like <laughs> that's the most important thing yeah. in our house. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing better th- than after throwing a party. And then you see this place that looks like a total wreck, which happens to be your house. <laughs> and then you leave. Uh, that's what I do. I just leave. And then, and then the cleaning service comes and you come back and like, oh, my house is back. That's the best feeling. Coming home and your house looks back to the way it's supposed to be. Do you also think having live animals, such as um, you guys, meatballs, you love Annabelle DeSisto from Adderall and Compliments. Her best memory of a party is playing with monkeys at one of your parties. Is that right? You had the monkey that was either in the hangover or like looked like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think you're talking about it was the into the jungle party or yes. something like that. You you always have a good theme. I like themes. Themes are good. I mean, you know, it's it, to, to me, I'm a, I'm a marketing guy. I mean, so it's like, you know, a party needs to have a marketing theme as well. And uh, animals tend to work and, and women love animals. They do. So there's a little tip, dudes. You want to impress women? Just hey. Dr. Doolittle, Doolittle your place up and you will, you know, 70% chance you will have women there. Throw a Christmas Especially party? monkeys. Um, any any sort of monkey at a party always yeah. makes girls happy. They're not. Yeah, not all animals work. At one point, I think I had a goat, and that wasn't a huge hit. <laughs> you had like, a goat. I had, yeah, I had like. Well, I just. I had, Who, I, why would I, you be like, yeah, I, a goat? I, That's I, cool. I mean, I, it wasn't that I thought it was cool. It's just I thought it was super weird and funny, and I was like, and no one thought it was funny but me. Like everyone, and, and it wasn't like a lot of animals in a goat. It was just a goat walking around the party. That's kind of funny, actually. I yeah. appreciate that. Everyone was just hanging out, and all of a sudden, a goat just starts. <laughs> Coming out and you know and, and drinking in the pool water and just everyone's like, oh, there's a goat. Things. Yeah, no, no one like wanted to pet it. It wasn't even a particularly cute goat. It was just a, it was a weird looking goat. It was just like a party guest. I feel like yeah. there's random animals running around a lot of holiday wood parties. So that's, that's probably fine. true. No, that's sad. I want to know who is your um, probably most favorite person you've worked with so far. I, I don't actually like anyone <laughs> I've worked with personally. You just like working by yourself in this spaceship. No, you, you know what? I, I love uh, what I do, and I work with so many great creative people, and it's really inspiring to, to just you know all all these pe- people people who I work with are great. You know, we work with a lot of great people on the tech side of things. You know, a buddy of mine named Jay Baumgartner who's a very famous producer, mixer. He's worked with, you know, Evanescence and Cedar. I mean, just, you know, getting to watch him work and watch him craft music and, and watch all these guys create these great products. Uh, I'm sorry, these, these great pieces of music with our products. It's, it's very inspiring. I mean, it's very rewarding. It's a very rewarding job I have because people like to use our stuff and it helps them make, make music and helps them create their art. And uh, it helps them be happy. So, I mean, well, I'd like to think that we, what, what I create here, and especially in this, this room that we're in right now, and the products we make, make people happy because they're creating, creating uh, art with it. So I mean, I immediately felt like 10 pounds thinner when I walked in. I, I felt like I could run the world. Like this room does a lot of things for yeah, your psyche. It does. It's good. <laughs> it's good. What's yeah. your process like for you to be creative when you're just working on stuff that makes you happy? What do you like to do to get in the zone? 
you know what? There's nothing I particularly do to get in the zone because I'm kind of just always in the zone. My brain is this is always on, mm-hmm. and it's always processing, and it's always trying to think, oh, well, that's interesting. What if I did that with that with that? You know, it's just one of those things where it's kind of on, on autopilot. I don't have to really turn it on. In fact, sometimes it would be nice if I could try to turn it off more. And um, I think, I don't know, I just I, I get in the zone where, where I'm always thinking about how could I improve the creative process of, of making music. And audio, just one of those things where it's just uh, once it got switched on, it's just it's always here. So, because I'm I mean, always this morning, I was walking in, into work, and I started just to all of a sudden something popped in my head. I go, well, what, what if we did this? No, but that wouldn't work. Cause wait, but but if we tweak it like this, and then I did this with it, and then we created that with it, maybe that could work. And then I just started jotting down some stuff on a notepad. And trying to figure out this, you know, this new for type the of meatballs out there who are a little younger, a notepad is something you write ideas down on, not an app in your phone. There you go. <laughs> That's true too. I literally did have a pen and a, a notepad. That's my favorite down. thing. When I, for some reason, for me, my process, I have to go for a jog and listen to music, and that's when I think my brain just kind of stops like analytically thinking about everything and then jokes just come that way is that right yeah that's kind of how yeah, i think a lot when i'm doing exercise as well right yeah because you're trying to not focus on the strenuous work you're doing uh, actually <laughs> it, uh, almost it really emphasizes everything I'm, if i really can't quite get something and i'm like almost there uh-huh usually doing some cardio or doing some lifting i kind of i can really get then, then pinpoint it and i can focus it and finalize it just like take a little break i like that um, I thought of you a lot when I was watching. I've talked about this series on the podcast before, The Defiant Ones. Have you seen it? Yeah, absolutely. So good. Yeah, it's Have great. you ever wa- worked with Dr. Dre? Yeah, we have. We did the whole uh, Aftermath team. They all have what? Ravens. What? Yeah, drop. Should, I probably should have added that in <laughs> <What>? before. <laughs> that should be the first credit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, again, my marketing guys are probably like, you missed him and him and him and him. <laughs> um, Look, again, we worked with a lot of great artists. We've worked with a lot of great artists. Uh, and we did, uh, so Dr. Dre has the, the Aftermath team, a bunch of really great guys who work, you know, with, with him. And we did all, we, we they, they use all of my Ravens, which is my touchscreen consoles that you use to make music these days. And, and yeah, we, we did some cool stuff with them. In fact, we got a great video where they're all making music all on our touchscreen Ravens. And <gasps> Can that's you that. tell everyone, so what a Raven actually, because it looks like a giant soundboard that's an iPad. Yeah, I mean, so basically, here's the deal. Um, um, you know, if you've probably seen video or pictures of recording studios, and you see that big thing in the background with all the big knobs and the faders and those sliders. So that's that's an, an analog console. That's an audio console. So I just took that thing and said, hey, let's do put the entire functionality of that whole darn thing and just put it on a giant touchscreen. And we called it Raven, and it's the it's a very successful product that we make. And there's big ones, there's small ones, and you know, Snoop Dogg's got about I don't know, 20 of those things in his place. And, uh, and then there's God. lots of just, you know, home stu- studio guys who have small 27-inch versions in their places. So Very it comes genius. in all shapes and sizes, and it's uh, a fun product. I feel like that's kind of similar to the Beats by Dre headphone thing. Like, he was like, there's headphones out, but, like, I want to make it better. Sure, yeah. And there's soundboards out, but you wanted to make it better. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of our of our mantra here. What can we do? What can we make better? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what 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 can I do to make it cooler, faster, more efficient, and, and of course, more affordable, too. I mean, one of those soundboards could cost up to, you know, $650,000. My most expensive Raven is somewhere around forty or fifty. I mean, it's still very expensive. I mean, you can't just go out and, and, and buy one with your pocket change. But, I mean, it's, you know, one-tenth the price of what, what came before it. 
Are you going to run for office? Oh <laughs> in God! Four years? I mean, I think many people <laughs> know you. many people know too much about my personal life for me to run for office. I mean, geez. I'll make one phone call. Get rid of those people. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I want to know what Stephen was like as a little kid, because I want to know how you got to where you are. Like, have you always just been like this? Just always on, very clever, always, you know, trying to make things better. Like, what were you like as a kid? Uh, well, I was uh, I was going to do that whole Steve Martin thing, uh, you know, where he's like, I was a black, small, child, you know, <laughs> what's, that, what's that movie? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know that movie. I, fuck. I was born. No, um, Someone write in and tell us what the name of that movie yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Bad reference. Next time, if you hear just a little pro tip, if you have a reference, make sure you know what the reference is. It's okay. Okay. You were like uh, reference I, adjacent. Yes. There you go. Close. <laughs> close, but uh, not, not quite. It's okay. When I was a kid, I was just, uh, I, I was very wild. I was uh, very crazy. I was always, you know, Mr. Class Clown. Just uh, My attention span was, was a little limited. Uh, because I was, uh, I think I was a pretty creative kid too, and and, uh, and not many people know how to handle creative kids, especially back in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a little 90s. Weird. You were in the night. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean the 2000s. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I think at least my parents. My parents are very different to me. My parents are both both like very modest, introverted, technical people. Not not technical, obviously, I should say, but they're they're just not they're not creatively technical. They're you know, my father was a doctor. My mother worked for a pharmaceutical company. You know, they you know both did exactly what you know society likes you know they were married in their you know late 20s early 30s and mm. they had the kid and the jobs and this and everything and here i am this little creative kid and i'm like i want to play guitar like, <laughs> they were like where what? did you come from what like don't you want to read some science books or something like that which is odd now because that's that's what i do now that's what you do <laughs> yeah um and yeah i was just a crazy wild kid my sister was exactly like that i'm an older sister she's two years older than me deborah and with she, the cutest deborah. kids in the world She's got adorable kids. So I love my little niece and nephew, and uh, she uh, she was just like them. She she's now a lawyer, but she was again just doing it, you know, towing the exact line of what you're supposed to do as a good kid. And then I just went crazy. I was, uh, I mean, I was I was actually a really, oh, I was a wild child. I mean, I got sent away to schools. I got sent away to boarding school. Yes, your yeah. goals. I always wanted to be cool enough to be sent away. I was sent school. away. I was the kid who was sent away. What, can you tell us what you did to get sent away? Uh, I mean, I did a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think it's. It, I think the the, the 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 breaking point was when I got in a fight with my science teacher. When I say a fight, not we weren't shouting at each other. We were throwing hands. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's a true story. What? I haven't had to think about You're that in a while. You're scrappy too. Yeah, man. You're street cred. Oh yeah, dude. I was fighting. Let's let's be honest. The guy was like five one and was. 90 years old it's not like i was trying to be like a like a total badass but whatever we got a, a physical altercation details and uh and then i got sent away to a boarding school and i was miserable and i was like man i miss my friends and i hate this and this everything sucks i'm gonna be really bad and and, and do do drugs i'm gonna smoke pot man you know yeah. doing all this kind of stuff just because i was crying out for help because i was like please someone give me attention you know i was like one of those kids you know some kids just just need more attention than others like i guess i, I was one of them god uh, bless your parents <laughs> and don't get me wrong my parents are freaking amazing people they did mm-hmm. nothing wrong this was me just being a little wild i mean l- listen there's no instruction manual on how to parent when you have an asshole kid and, or a and, genius child that just has too many ideas, too much energy, just needs too much attention. Sure. But anyway, <laughs> the, 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 the problem is, that, you know, that they didn't know what the hell to do with me. They sent me away, which is probably what I would have done too. And I kind of rebelled at this boarding school too. Uh, I ended up getting kicked out of there. 
Very, very simple oh, reason. Oh, wow. Okay. Just, just uh, I think I was smoking pot there and I got caught with a bunch of people and we all just got booted. So what do you do when you get booted from boarding school? You go back to public high school and then you have cool stories to tell. <laughs> it was like, hey, you know, do no 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 Did you always look like born? this? Do, 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 do. What? <laughs> Did you always look like this? No, keep going. Tell me in that song. <laughs> that, was my, that was my bad to the bone coming back to public high school song, if you didn't catch that reference. See, I got that reference right. That was good. What the hell is that Steve Martin movie? Oh, wait, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. There it is. There it is. There it is. Jeez. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. How did um, I mess that up? What Jeez. I look like? Yeah, I don't know. I've always looked like me. I, I think it, well, oh, when I was senior year, I bleached my uh, hair blonde. That, me that too. Was, did you really? <laughs> I had the bleach show. Did you dye your eyebrows also? No, I didn't. It is incredibly off. If you look, I had pretty dark eyebrows and white um, hair, and it looked a little weird. Actually, we had a listener write in. Uh, Tyler Chase wanted to know who does your eyebrows. Who does my eyebrows? <laughs> I mean, the universe does my eyebrows. Yes, they're so perfect. Are they? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's funny you said that because I just had some uh, someone complaining. She's like, she's like, you should let me do your eyebrows because they're a little straggly on the ends. You see what she's talking about here? A little straggly? Uh, no. Well, is that all right? No. <laughs> Did, wait, who, who's the person who asked me who does my Ty eyebrows? Ty Chase. Oh, Ty Chase. <laughs> uh. She also wants to know how you get your skin to look so dewy and fresh. <laughs> oh, well, that actually is a, is a secret of mine that I'll reveal right now. Yes. I drink newborn baby blood. <laughs> And then I will rub my face with endangered baby seal fur. Oh, but like animal friendly. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's and it's got it can't just be regular seal fur. Okay. It's got to be endangered baby endangered seal fur. Endangered baby seal fur. And I hope I hope there's no one so uptight that they didn't like like, like really think that just, was a just thing. Just like chuckle at that and say, okay, he's kidding around. Do they sell that at CVS? <laughs> Uh, I believe it's Walgreens has Walgreens. a special on it now. Oh, man. That's too far from my house. Mm. <laughs> so you were a crazy kid. You got kicked out of boarding school. You got back. Bad to the bone. Were the girls all about you when you got back from boarding nah, school? Not really. I think I did okay. I mean, it's like I was... I didn't do... You know, I was no stud muffin. Uh, but, you know, I did all right. You did good? Uh, yeah. I had another meatball asking for dating advice in LA. What's oh, the best Jesus. advice Just you have? Don't do it. Stay home and watch Netflix. <laughs> kidding me? Well, didn't you hear what I said about hepatitis? <laughs> Don't move to LA if you yeah. want to date. That's what my parents are always told me. I got a re- I've been really fortunate. I've dated some really great girls uh, in this town. You have. I feel like I'm still friends with like half yeah. your ex girlfriends. Yeah, you know, you just gotta, you know, uh, be secure in yourself and, and make sure that you don't settle. Don't settle. Find good people. There's plenty of good people in this town. Actually, this town gets a bad rap, and it's for people who uh, are lazy. This town gets a bad rap from people who are lazy. Now. Don't put themselves out there and really find what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. There's a big piece of advice. If you can take anything from this podcast, it's don't be lazy. Get out there. Stop making excuses and find what you're looking for. I love that. That applies to so many aspects of life. Exactly. Especially also- if you're looking for good drugs. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? Quality, not quantity, guys. No, I feel like especially in LA, it's survival of the fittest. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know? Well, I mean, kind of, that's life. It's, it's life. Yeah. But think about, like, we're still here 10 years later, and think about it. There's a lot of friends that you've seen of yeah. mine or yours that have come and gone. It's true. And they went and found their best life somewhere else. Yeah. But, yeah, I think we, we were in it to win it and stayed for the quality. Absolutely. And now we're sitting in your studio. It's really cool. Um, I also do a section. We didn't even do this up top because I was so interested and intrigued by your story. Um, sports. We need to talk sports things. Sure. I'm very confused. So I do a Just Enough with Jacqueline segment, yeah. which is Just Enough Sports, so you could talk about sports, even if you know nothing about sports. 
Well, you know, so living in Boston, uh, so I grew up in Jersey. What a traitor. Uh, well, just let me explain myself. Let me explain myself. God, guys, he grew up in Jersey and he's a Patriots fan. Yeah, I, I am a Patriots fan. And, but you know what it is? I, I grew up in Jersey. I was a confused sports childhood because my dad liked the Eagles and my friends liked the Giants and my, my uncle liked the Jets and it was just confusing. I never had like a true allegiance. And then I moved to Boston. I went to Foxborough and watched a Pats game and I was like there the first year when, you know, Brady freaking takes over and it's just like... Oh come on! How could how could you not jump on that train? So, you know, I, I enjoy the the casual Patriots game. And what are we what are we five and two this year? We're doing we're doing all right. I think that's the opposite of what the Giants are. Yeah, I, actually, I think we've only won one game. Yeah, this it's year. not not fun to be a Giants fan. No, I knew it was bad when I dropped Eli and Odell and the Giants defense from my fantasy football league. Right? I was like, wow. We are not doing good this year. And ever since I did that, I've won every single game. Yeah. I, I I was in a fantasy league last year, and uh, you know I I like to win things. So yeah, I'll finally yeah. reveal I hired three sports pros to to <laughs> draft my team for me, and and uh, and I didn't win anyway. I still didn't win. You didn't? No. And then this year I'm like screw it. I'm not even gonna do fantasy because I got I just it's more relaxing just to watch the damn games and I have to always worry about this and that and flying from one game to the other. Now I can just watch my damn pats and be done with life. It is a yeah. lot. It's overwhelming. Although yeah, it can get overwhelming. You have a Stephen, you know, Humblebrag has a movie theater in his house, mm. and it was it was really fun to just watch all the different games <laughs> and go yeah. back and forth. Well, yeah, but you get, it just gets a little obsessive. <laughs> yes, it, it's it, it is fun to watch all the games at once. But it should be um, also relaxing and entertainment. Yeah, and your brain should be able to turn off. Yeah. Um, you know who um, the NBA is a little turned off by right now is Eric Bledsoe. Have you read anything about him? Not he really. plays for the Phoenix Suns. He, on Sunday, tweeted, I don't want to be here. And yeah. everyone took that as he doesn't want to be on the Suns. And he came back just saying, no, no, my girlfriend was at a hair salon and she dragged me to the hair salon with her. And I, I meant to say, I don't want to be there. And everyone's like, no, that's it. So now they're not letting him play. And they think that he's going to get traded. I think he should go to the Cleveland Cavs. So what what makes them so sure that he was referring to not wanting to be? Because he he in beautiful Arizona in the past. I know, right? Like, why yeah. don't you? It's like living at a spa. Uh, seriously. <laughs> in the past, he's he's definitely voiced how unhappy he was that mm -hmm. he was traded to the Suns. I think the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this, I feel like back when we first started like watching football and everything, you didn't have to deal with social media as an athlete. Yeah. And now like it's a whole different entity and like you can get fired from your job for sure. one well, tweet. I mean, that's exactly, it's not just, you know, with, with sports, of course, that's every industry Like with what now. you do. Yeah. I mean, I'll, like I'll reveal something. I mean, there's been maybe one or two employees in the past where they have uh, we've had issues with their personal social media because I mean when you're doing that you are not just representing yourself you can also be representing organizations that you were affiliated with like your job so I mean it's a very simple thing for me it's like don't be stupid I mean like don't be an idiot and say that you know you don't want to be in your team or don't be stupid and say something racist or Islamophobic or something like that right? and expect that your employer is not going to take you know issue with that everyone sees it Yes. Like nothing's hidden anymore. <laughs> yes. It's, it's just like, come on, don't be stupid. Like don't do, uh, you know, don't be, you know, a, a coach and, and, and sh send pictures of yourself <laughs> doing a bunch of blow. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't do that. Just don't. Help it's yourself. It's going to get out there. <laughs> 
those videos were very entertaining. Yeah, seriously. I felt bad for everyone involved. Um, yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. That was, yeah, that was good was job. Seriously stupid. So it was. stupid. Just like yeah. signing Jay Cutler. I love Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari, but Miami Dolphins, come on. What, what is this? I just noticed you brought you brought me vodka, and then you brought me <laughs> a, a mixer for it, and it's got a word that I've never seen before. Pomplemousse. I, I don't I don't know what pomplemousse is. It's okay, grapefruit. It's the French. It's a grapefruit word for grapefruit. Pomplemousse. Pomplemousse. Is it Lacroix or Lacroix? I, I don't know. <laughs> and by the way, half of my uh, Slate Digital is, is partly owned by someone who, who's French. Oh. And I have an office in, in Grenoble. You I, do? Not, yeah, I do. And I do. Of and I you don't do. know Lacroix or whatever That's it is. Amazing. And I've never uh, <laughs> I've heard of Pomplemousse. <laughs> well, now you have. You uh, learned something on what's your so jersey today. So you got me today. a Pomplemousse mixer. I did. Um, who do you want, Dodgers or Houston Astros? I want the Dodgers because I live in Los Angeles and I feel like people will be happier in my town if the Dodgers win. That is very true. Uh, do I really, really care about the Dodgers? No. <laughs> uh, do I care about Pomplamoose? Maybe. We'll Pop find it out. Open. You'll enjoy That's it. That's an Well, let's, let's wait till work hours are, are over and I'll, uh, I'll make myself a vodka soda. I think you should. I'm a gonna, vodka pomplamoose. I'm going to leave that here for you. Please do. Yeah, it's a treat. And last but not least, in, in the Just Enough section, uh, Justin Timberlake was actually just announced and confirmed he's performing at the halftime show this year. I heard that, yes. Right? Yeah. Who do you think he should bring on as a guest? Hmm. I think he should resurrect Biggie and Tupac and have them do a rap battle. <gasps> I guarantee there will be no cooler halftime show than a resurrected Biggie and Tupac rap battle. Um, I feel like you have enough connections to make that happen. Well, I mean, resurrections apparently have happened. <laughs> you know, it's been about 2,000 years, but I mean, apparently they're possible. Why can't they happen with Biggie and Tupac? I was at the Coachella when Tupac was hologram. I remember that too. I was there as well. Yes. That was that was interesting. <laughs> that was very like mind. That was mind fuckery at its best. You know who I'd love to see Justin bring on? I mean, Justin is 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 still somewhat. You know, he's a new school kind of guy. He I is. mean, for lack of a better term, you know, he's not brand new, but he's he's a, a, you know a modern day artist. I love I'd like to when they, they when they mix you know modern and, and vintage. Yeah, that's a lot of what I do here professionally. A lot of our products are modern digital versions of vintage pieces of, of audio gear. Well, so like, so someone well, like old school, someone like. Uh, Man, I don't know. This is a weird on the spot kind of question. I loved when Aerosmith brought Justin. Well, they brought NSYNC out. Yeah. And Britney and yeah. Nelly and Mary J. Blige. <laughs> yeah. That was my, Aerosmith. Was that's my favorite band. Yeah. Boston guys. Have you ever worked with Aerosmith? Uh, we've made stuff for them. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. They did an album. We we sent them a bunch of gear and stuff like that. Uh, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we have. Yeah, it I once came familiar. on to Stephen Tyler yeah. at the Sunset Marquee Hotel. Yes, sorry, I, I just tried to I just had dinner, uh, and next to me I see this this dude. I'm like, who's that? It was Joe Perry. Oh, he's just so cool. Sitting next to me, hanging. Where were you? Cheesebaka. <laughs> Where's that? Oh, please. Cheesebaka. Cheesebaka, one of the best restaurants in Los Angeles. What? It's on Melrose. It's uh, next to uh, it's the same owner of, of Mozart, Mario Batelli. Oh, look at, whoa, you're dropping Italian restaurant knowledge that I don't even know? Come on, come on, Jack, get on my level. I know, I need to step it up. Yeah, I don't know who should perform with him. I I guess I have to think about it. There's probably a lot of great people. Um, I think it's a little hacky. Just just, just someone, someone, something, I just, I want to mix a little old school and new school. That's my point. What about a Beatles hologram? (laughs) 
with. Now that would be amazing. Did, Mc- McCartney played it a few years ago, right? Am he I, did I, yeah. with Rihanna yeah, and yeah, yeah. Kanye. Did yeah. they do that together? Yeah, and the Stones did it probably within the last 10 years too, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It was. What about Fog Hat? We never hear from Fog oh, Hat anymore. Slow ride. Slow ride. <laughs> do you know I dragged my parents to a concert at Downtown Disney? It was a Fog Hat concert at That's the House amazing. of Blues. Yeah. That's amazing. And I was you know, probably You 12. know my favorite thing to do at like a, at a modern Los Angeles party with a bunch of, you know, young 20-year-old people? <laughs> like I'll just be sitting there talking. They'll be blasting some like Kygo or some Post Malone or something like that. I'm like, hey, who's the uh, DJ? Do they have any Fog Hat? <laughs> And everyone looks at me like this big weirdo. Just like, come on. Never hear any Foghat anymore. I love Foghat so much. I love that you just referenced them. Yes. Well, that's, that's, um, I think it would be hacky if you brought out Janet Jackson, right? I mean, to like, that, that's actually a great idea. I mean, what was that? What year was that? 2001, two? I mean, I don't even, I don't even maybe know. Before that? That was, yeah. What, what did they call that incident? When the she, Nipplegate? Was the that nipple it? Gate? No, but yeah, there was like they, they, they coined a term for they what did. happened. Oh, inappropriate the boob grab? Showing. No, there's yeah. been a lot of boob grab, inappropriate yeah. talk lately. <laughs> oh, wardrobe malfunction. That's, that's it. What they, that's Look what it was. You. Yeah. Oops, you're Check just the brain on Brad over here. Oh, man, I love it. I don't want to let you go, but we're, we're going to wrap this up. I have a few like rapid fire questions for oh, you. Oh, here we go. Guys, he has to get to the gym. He's going to do some working out. Some and he's repetitions. Gonna, he's going to get creative on the treadmill. Yep. So, uh, okay. I, I want to know what was the best part of being in my rap parody video, <laughs> Bitches in WeHo. <laughs> um, mostly the free food. <laughs> cool, cool. Not all the hot girls dancing on your patio. Used, I'm just midnight. so used to that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, what's the best Halloween costume you've ever had? I'm, uh, this is a horrible question for me because I'm like Mr. Scrooge for Halloween. I'm like, bah humbug. Uh, just give me simplicity. Like, you know, I've been I've been the Topkin guy for probably 10 out of the last 15 years because it's just a jumpsuit and some shades. It works. Yeah. I it just, looks I, good. I like simplicity. Do you think girls are better going creative and like funny or like just like sexy slutty? Come on. You know the answer to the question. Next question. <laughs> funny yeah, no, and creative. Be creative. Be, be a sun star. <laughs> Be a suit, be be an awesome mushroom. No, come on. You know what you gotta do. You know, you know you know what the deal is. You guys have one excuse all year to just you know to just, balls just go out, out and do it. Ass cheeks showing. Yeah, shameless. <laughs> just be shameless and do it. Just all the things. Yes. Um, let's see. Any given Sunday, or Rudy. <laughs> That's a tough one. I love both those movies. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't shed a tear to Rudy, right? Let's go with Rudy because it's the OG, man. Every guy says Rudy. Yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) I love it any given Sunday. (laughs) I think it's just because I want to own a team like Cameron Diaz in the movie. And Al Pacino's speech, though. Come on. And uh, it's funny you just said that because I'm probably going to put that in the old uh, Netflix if it's on there or iTunes. (laughs) I'm going to watch that at some point soon. Um, Real Housewives of New Jersey or Beverly Hills? (laughs) Jesus. Uh, I'm gonna go with the, the this TV switch turning off. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't choose between those. Uh, to be honest, I, I've really not experienced watching either of those shows. I'm I'm sorry. Maybe wow. people really like them. That means you've dated really cool people because yeah. they haven't made you watch. I haven't actually. I have a confession to make. Yes, I'm, I'm gonna confess something. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> First, get to LA. I meet some girl, and she's like, "Hey, she's from Orange County." And she goes, hey, I'm having a party in this boat for my birthday. You should come. I'm like, okay, great. She goes, oh, by the way, I'm on some reality show. 
and uh, just there might be some cameras you might sign a release and I go oh, okay and, I'm, and like at the time every girl said she was on some reality show and it was all bullshit and uh, I go there and there's cameras and it's this thing and it turned out that show was the real housewives of Orange County who was it uh, was her mother Tammy uh, don't quote me. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember this is the initial season. Her, her name. Well, I'm, I, I think no names, but I am on the show. You, there's you a scene are. Of me, there's a scene. Of me, there's a cake fight, and you can see me in the show. And, cake fight. I and, love a good fucking cake. Yeah, so fight. I don't know if anyone the big fans of that show and remember the cake fight in the boat with uh, the birthday. And, this is but anyway, amazing. yeah. There's a. I'm, I make a small cameo in that show, but no. But I, I don't know. I don't watch these damn shows. <laughs> no reality yeah. shows for you. You don't have a favorite reality show to just like veg out and like I like walk. Shark Tank ooh that's a good one yeah I like that one our um, good friend Julie Julie I little remember, Julie DeVoe I, I remember that episode shout uh, out Cooking Cap yeah, yeah for real Cooking Cap any other reality shows that I watch uh, that's pretty much it you do know. you like like The Voice or like American Idol Making the Band Did uh, you every once in a while if it's on and I see a really great singer I like re- I love talented people so mm-hmm. i mean if i if i'm flipping through and i see someone really talented but i mostly i mostly watch dorky stuff man i'm on you know discovery channel and that geo sciencey stuff you know that's where the science background comes in and i guess so that's that's the stuff i like look at I like, you I like, I like to get my learn on yeah are there any up-and-coming artists you're actually really excited about no i'm just kidding um, <laughs> uh any up-and-coming artists God, who, who do I like? This person is not up and coming, but this is a, a great artist. Uh, okay, there's two artists that, that everyone should check out if you haven't already. One is George Ezra. George this Ezra. young British guy with this big, bold, bluesy voice. He's so awesome. Uh, and the other is this guy named Borns, B-O-R-N-S. Um, he has this one song you might have heard in a commercial, but he's so freaking talented. Oh, and there's another band. you got to check these guys out. you got to check these guys out. If you're a Led Zeppelin fan, and who isn't? <laughs> Except for you, who just said, I'm not one. Um, <laughs> Greta Von Fleet. Ooh. Greta Von Fleet. It's a rock and roll band with very, you know, obvious Led Zeppelin influences. And the singer's amazing. The band's amazing. So check them out, too. There you go. Look at you. I love this. Your yeah. marketing team's going to be so proud of you. Yes, they are. This is amazing. And last but not least, do you have any advice for the kids out there that maybe don't live in Los Angeles or New York as to like what to do to get started and maybe own an empire like you do now. Uh, you got to come up with your end game, which is Empire X. It might be different than the audio empire. It might be some other kind of empire. And then you have to work backwards. You start from the end game and you work backwards trying to get this web of how to achieve your, your goals. And you have to come up with logical strategies and plans and a roadmap. And you have to have, you know, uh, detours just in case. And you have to make sure you're motivated and to, determined and that you don't take uh, losses uh, too hard and just keep pushing but start start from the end and work your way back I think is the main thing eye on the prize I love it is there anything that you still want to do because I feel like you've accomplished a lot yeah of course yeah I've only just begun, baby. Oh, I love that. I just got chills. Mm. Look at you. Um, now, I do this at the end of each podcast. Uh, Lady Gaga retweeted a parody that I did um, about a year ago. So I peaked That's in amazing. January. <laughs> um, so I have every guest do a dramatic reading of a song I pick for them to do. You can do <laughs> any part. You could do one line. You could do all the lines. You could do it in a Jersey accent. You could do it as a Scottish person. You could do it as your bad to the bone persona this song reminded me of the faces you make in pictures and how you are in life 
So you just want me to? You can just read it. Recite. Read any part. Are you familiar here? with Poker Face? <laughs> sure. You know, I'll, I'll do it in in my own voice, which is already somewhat weird, from what I'm told. Yes. I want to hold him, like they do in Texas Place. Fold him, let him hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. I love it. Love game intuition. Play the cards with spades to start, and after he's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on his heart. That was that was epic, Stephen Slate. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> I hope Lady, Lady Gaga would be so proud. I hope she is. I hope you work with her soon. I hope so too. You will. Well, she uses your stuff, so it's fine. Well, it's not necessarily her. It could be more uh, her her producers or recording engineers. All but, the uh, but but I will say, you know, we make a very popular microphone, so maybe we'll get her on that soon. I think I think. Uh, a microphone should be donated to this podcast. I think we could do that. <laughs> I think that would be great. Um, pimp yourself out. Tell people how to find you. Uh, how about this? Just start at Slate Digital on Instagram and work your way from there. Yeah. He'll he'll answer any um, questions about furthering your career. Maybe. Or maybe just message me at Jacqueline Marfuji and then I'll, I'll throw them to you. There you go. How about that? Stephen, that's that's I had that, to do that, it at that least your catch, once. That's the catchphrase of my name. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone watched Laguna Beach and remembers Stephen Coletti, um, we used to torture him and always go Stephen. So Stephen, thank you for being on. What's your jersey? It was great to be here. Thank yes, you. It's great yes, to see you. I miss you and meatballs. I miss you guys um, already. This has been so fun. Um, also, again, if you're hungry. Order HelloFresh. Use the code WYJ30. You get $30 for your first order. It's amazing. Or go to BobbleBar.com and use the promo code JERSEY for 20% off. Hook yourself up. I did it. I'm going to post all the pics. Guys, thank you again for listening. I hope you have an amazing weekend. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.